Greetings and welcome to the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast, episode number 10. I am your host as always, Chris Hales, and I'd like to thank you very much for joining me today. I have an excellent show for you. I'll be featuring some classical guitar duos today. Always exciting to hear uh, two guitars at the same time. All right, so it's the 10th episode. Um, of course, uh, you know, comparing it to the Friday the 13th, franchise the 10th episode there would be Jason X where they um, basically had run out of ideas and were like what what could we possibly do uh, to make this 10th movie uh, let's let's do it in outer space okay and somebody signed off on that and said okay great idea let's do it in outer space so today's episode is brought to you from outer space no, I'm sorry. I'm a little fired up. I'm angry today. Uh, let me tell you why. It's completely related to guitar. First thing is uh, that dreaded thing that happens to all of us that just sort of brings life to a screeching halt for two or three weeks, you know? It's like, man, I work on my truck all the time. I have an old truck, and I'm constantly having to feed it parts. Uh, so I, I'm always working on my truck. Okay, and then we've been doing some work around the house. Um, I had to go help my father-in-law build this massive swing set. It took a couple of days. Okay, no incidences until I go to flip on my kitchen light switch the other day and bam, drive my thumbnail right into the wall. Like somehow I forgot how to aim for the light switch. Cracked my thumbnail. So I imagine that many of you at home listening know how that is. And that's always how it happens, right? It's, it's not like, it's always something stupid. I remember one time, uh, I remember because it was like the last time I broke a nail. Um, I was like, I'd been doing all this work and then I just lifted up a cardboard box and it kind of slid in my fingers a little bit. It just ripped one of my nails off, you know, the... the the good part of the nail so and then it's like it makes uh you still practice but um it sucks man you all know so that's why i'm uh, complaining to you because because you all understand at least most of you i imagine my wife always makes fun of me and my kids because because uh, i'm always uh, trying not to break a nail so what do you what do you do do you uh you know when i used to like perform a lot i would super glue a fake nail onto it and I, I hated it but it was better than having nothing but these days um I don't I don't really perform much at all um and when I'm going to I've just been lucky uh, that I haven't broken nails but now I just I just wait for it to grow back I just deal with it till it comes back I, I hate putting on fake nails um so yeah that's that's one reason I'm angry uh Another reason is uh, going clear back uh, when I was studying classical guitar in college. Um, I got that book that uh, every guitarist I know has this book. It's the Villalobos Complete Solo Guitar Works. It's, um, you know, the one with, it's like yellow and blue and it's got like foliage on the on the cover. I, I I've seen that book like uh, who doesn't have that book, honestly? If you don't have that book, you should have that book if you're a guitarist. 
I love the Villalobos book, man. It, that's the, that's like my go-to just, I feel like playing some guitar. I'll pull that book off the shelf and every piece in there is awesome. Um, that being said, I haven't played every piece in there, but uh, I, I did the preludes and then I, uh, I learned coro um, and then I learned the Brazilian suite which, uh, so the preludes, I think, are pretty easy, and, and choro, choro, whatever it's called. Um, I think the Brazilian suite is a little bit more difficult than the preludes. Um, and then the, uh, the 12 etudes are probably the most difficult of the things in that book. And they're kind of all over the place. But here, here's what I'm getting at, is that I feel like everybody plays some of these pieces, at least, uh, so for the etudes, that's the, those are the ones that I haven't done a complete study of. Um, I've done, I did number one and number seven in college. And then after graduating, I took a stab at number 10. Um, so number 10 is the first piece I have ever given up on. Etude number 10. So this, this was years ago. But uh, I played it. So, so my general approach now that, especially these days where I'm not really doing recitals anymore, um, I don't perform much other than like when I get asked to play at a wedding or something. But um, that's not to say I uh, don't want to. I just am currently not. Anyway, so, but I, tr I generally will try to put together a recital. I, 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 my goal is to have a recital in my fingers at all times. And I like to have a little bit of, um, each era, you know, like a little bit of classical, uh, romantic, Baroque, or shall I say just Bach. I always ha try to have a little Bach in there. Um, and, and some, uh, I always try to keep at least one of my compositions in my fingers too. Anyway, so even when not performing, I try to get a piece to performance level to where I'm, I like would feel comfortable performing it before I move on from that piece. And etude number 10, I I got, I could play it, but I was never like to the point where I was comfortable. I couldn't get through it without making mistakes or just gaffing notes because that's a hard piece of music. But, um, and so that's the, that's the only time I've ever truly like given up on a piece. I was just, I one day said, this piece is too hard for me. I'm, I'm not going to play it anymore. Uh, so there's there's a confession to you. Anyway, that's not why I'm angry though. That's that's going back years ago. I have been working on etude number two, and I have arrived at the same place almost. I haven't dis discarded it yet, but etude number two is killing me, and I feel like everybody and their dog can play etude number two. I don't hear a lot of people playing ten, but who? I swear. Everyone plays number two. Anyway, so I'm angry. I'm angry about number two. Part of it is uh, I just don't have the time to practice that I used to, which is which sucks. Because um, I, I, I'm someone who enjoys practicing. I like to play my scales. I like to do my technique and then get into my pieces. And it takes a few hours to get through that. I wish I could spend those few hours every day, but it's not realistic. And so what happens with etude number two is I get it, uh, I start getting it up to speed, and then I don't really have a chance to sit down with it 
with the metronome and really like work on it for maybe two or three weeks. Then I come back and it, it, it feels like I'm starting over. Uh, so yeah, I don't have the longest fingers and, um, there's, there's a few parts of that piece that just, that are killing me. Like, uh, there's the, uh, when it goes into the E major arpeggio and you are up on like a, the 12th fret, you know, uh, doing like a, a half bar. Um, I really struggle with that part and pretty much the whole second page. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I had a goal. I wanted to do all the Villalobos etudes. I've also done number eight. Number eight is my favorite one. I think number eight is such a gorgeous little piece. I don't even think of it as an etude. It's just a beautiful piece of music. Um, yeah. So I, I, I've played through some of the other, like I'll, I'll open them and just play through them. I like to play through 11, but I've never actually really gotten into it and studied it. But number 11 is cool. That might be, that might be the coolest one. Number 11 is awesome. I really like, uh, Zenon's recording of that. Uh, that's so great. Anyway. So yeah, I've got a I've got a broken thumbnail and a piece that's kicking the crap out of me and I'm I'm angry. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm not happy about it. But um but this morning, uh it's a nice Saturday morning in my place and time in outer space. Uh yeah, it's a Saturday morning in outer space. I went to the the theater last night. Um, no, I did a. I went and saw my friend Jeremy's production of Mamma Mia, uh, and it was very good. Uh, it, I'm going to tell you a funny story. So, um, like years ago, uh, like 15 years ago, um, when I was, I was at a pool hall with with my friends, with my buddies. You know, we're we're. Um, we're hanging out playing pool, and there's there's like me and my kind of group of friends, and then there's like another group that we would sometimes have. So we had this anyway. There's a bunch of us. There was probably like I don't know, I don't know. There was a bunch of us uh, together, and then this pool hall is also full of other people, and uh, we're we're hanging out shooting some pool, and um, I went over to the jukebox, and I was like, hmm, I'm gonna you know put a few quarters in this jukebox and you know, put something interesting, uh, put something interesting on. Of course, they didn't, they didn't have any uh, Julian Bramer or anything to choose from, but uh, no, they had one Grateful Dead song, and, and the Grateful Dead, I've maybe mentioned before on this podcast, is, is my favorite band. I love the Grateful Dead, and the only song they had was Casey Jones, which is, okay, uh, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw on Casey Jones, and uh, go back Play some pool. So anyway, I put my quarters in. I go down. I look. I, I click on the Grateful Dead, Casey Jones, and freaking Abba Dancing Queen starts playing. And I'm not kidding you. Every head in that pool hall turns and looks toward the jukebox. And I just go, No, man, no, 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 no. That's not what I chose. I chose Casey Jones. Everybody's laughing at me, making fun of me, and, uh, yeah, I really hit Casey Jones, I did not hit Dancing Queen, um, I tell you that story to, to say, fast forward, you know, 15 years later, uh, the, uh, company I work for, uh, we were recording tracks for the musical of Mamma Mia, 
and I I recorded I played the guitar parts on our tracks and so I went and I checked out an ABBA CD from the library uh, to kind of get the feel of them and I'm gonna tell you something I, I like ABBA uh, I'm I I really dig ABBA actually so there's another uh, thing to learn about me I, I'm an ABBA fan now and uh, my daughter really likes ABBA so it's kind of fun we'll listen to them together so we, we went to the, the play last night, and it was pretty cool to hear our tracks um, and hear those sweet guitars I recorded. Uh, my friend Jeremy was the director. He's also who played the keyboards and um, on our tracks. And then a friend of the show, Parker Robinson, uh, that you all know from episode eight, was also there. Parker uh, was the mix engineer on the show and he also um, had a few killer saxophone solos in it so it was just a big old uh, a big old fun fest I guess no it was very it was very good and I'm an ABBA fan uh, yeah okay anything else I want to tell you um, you know how Netflix if you have Netflix uh, and you're watching like a series and then you watch an episode and then another one and the, it's like the opening credit music starts and it has that little option to to skip the um, the opening credits and just get straight into the show. When I watch Stranger Things, I don't hit that button. I watch the opening credits every time. Yeah, there you go. Drives my daughter nuts. She's always like, Ugh. <laughs> Okay, um, today we are featuring, uh, like I said, some guitar duets, uh, but before I get into those, I just wanted to read you a couple of things. I've been uh, getting some emails. Um, I get these once in a while, and they're very nice, and I realized I should maybe uh, start sharing some of these on the show. So, uh, this was an email that came back in June from... Uh, someone named Lance Olivieri says, Chris, I enjoy your podcast and I'm glad that you are out there doing this. Thanks for your energy and enthusiasm. I'll be sending some compositions this summer when I'm finished recording and charting. Thank you. Uh, just some just some nice words from a listener. Uh, thank you very much, Lance. I really appreciate that. Um, we have one here uh, from a Stephen Brenner. This came in July. This says, just listen to your first podcast. Just listened to your first pod podcast on Spotify and really enjoyed it. Looking forward to hearing more episodes. Uh, have one thing to ask, though. Sounded like your composition was heavily influenced by Pierre Bensusen. Is that correct? Uh, regards. That was from Stephen in New Jersey. Uh, and I had replied to Stephen, but yeah, I, I've never heard of Pierre Bensusen. Um, but I did check him out, and it's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, he did not influence my composition that I'm aware of, at least, um, maybe indirectly, but, uh, now a, a lot of people ask me, like, if I listen to, um, things like Rodrigo y Gabriela or whatever they're called, or whatever, a lot of these, um, kind of pseudo-classical players, and, uh, 
I have nothing against them, but I just, I never do. I, I don't. I either listen, I, I like classical music. Um, I listen to a lot of like classical guitar that way. Um, and I also really like a lot of different rock music and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, some of these like in between, I just, I'm not very familiar with. I've never really gotten into them. Um, but thank you uh, for that email, Stephen. I really appreciate it. I've been getting a few of these uh, kind words. I have some more, that, but they're kind of old. Um, so those are the, those are some of the most recent ones. Uh, but maybe from now on, I will read uh, emails that people send me on the podcast. Um, and yeah, if you ever have questions for me uh, or want to argue with me about something, send me an email and I'll read it and answer it on the podcast and we can have some fun. Maybe uh, we can do a segment. You send in, uh, send me your pieces that have uh, kicked the crap out of you and you have given up on. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Well, you can if you want to. <laughs> okay, moving on. So today uh, we are featuring the music of Daniel Ainsworth uh, out of Shreveport, Louisiana. And by the way, now would be the time to pause the podcast and grab yourself a nice tea. Uh, you're going to want a nice, smooth beverage to go along with this. Okay, you got it? Great. Daniel writes, Hey, my name is Daniel Ainsworth. I'm a classical guitarist from Shreveport, Louisiana, the director of our Shreveport Classical Guitar Society, and a new listener to your show. I thought I'd send in some duos that I wrote for Intermediate Guitar for consideration for your podcast. They were written after playing Brower's Estudios Sencillos and feeling quite impressed by them. So uh, this is five pieces for classical guitar duo. Uh, I will also post a link to Daniel's website on the show page at www.classicalguitarcomposers.com. So this is five pieces for classical guitar duo by Daniel Ainsworth. And the movements are titled one, momentary, number two, perpetual, number three, haiku, Number four, sleepwalk. And number five, cautious. Thank you. 
And there it is. Thank you, Daniel. Um, I mean this as a total compliment. The second movement of that I, is very creepy. And uh, I, I really like it. And Daniel also mentioned that he's planning on uh, performing these publicly in November. So if you are in the Shreveport, Louisiana area, uh, I highly recommend you go and see that. And, uh, and if you do, please tell him that uh, the Classical Guitar Composers podcast sent you. I stayed a night in Shreveport once. I, it, um, I didn't really get a good um, feel of it. I mean, I really, really like the South in general. But yeah, I just we kind of got there, you know, on a drive through. Uh, so late at night, stayed in the hotel, then moved on. But uh, I would really like to go spend some more time in Louisiana. All right. So before we wrap up, uh, a couple more things. Um, the next episode, at the very latest, will be in October. I'm very excited. I'm planning a special Halloween episode of this podcast. And don't worry, it's not going to be uh, just me talking about horror movies, I promise. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a I have a fun show planned. Um, so that may be the next show. At the very latest, that'll be the next show. Um, if you have uh, a piece you'd like to get in before then, um, Try to try to get it to me uh, at least in time to do a September podcast, and then uh, after that, uh, depending on how uh, many submissions are coming in, um, I really don't want to change the format of the show at all. But um, I wouldn't mind doing some more episodes, and so I've I've been doing some thinking. So I might I might be trying some new things after this Halloween episode um, during these slow periods where. They will be uh, guitar composition focused. Um, it's always been my goal of this podcast to just play original classical guitar music, but I am considering maybe doing um, some shows in between uh, where we might look at a classical guitar composition, you know, an old one like a, you know, a Giuliani piece or something, and look at it from a compositional standpoint. Um, sort of a uh, explore the piece that way, maybe. Um, I'm considering it. Um, if that would be of interest to you, please let me know. I, I sincerely want your feedback on this. Um, if you, I just I know that uh, many of you would just like to hear more episodes, and so that's that's a possibility. Also, um, I know that some of you out there don't have recording equipment, but you've written some guitar music. Um, if you want to send it to me for me to record and feature on the show, uh, you're welcome to do it. I'm not going to guarantee that I will record it, but uh, if your piece is you know, not too difficult and maybe not too long um, and you're okay with being at the mercy of my mistakes, any mistakes I, make may, I might make and my interpretation, um, that's, that's a possibility too. Uh, and uh, it may take... You know, if you send me something like that, if you send me a recording, I can I can throw it right up as soon as I do the episode. But um, if if you do it like that, I, I I'm open to doing something like that because um, I know a, a lot of you. I've had a lot of emails about uh, folks who <laughs> they have intentions to send me the, this music, but they haven't recorded it yet, and uh, then I never I never hear from them. So if you want. Um, 
that's a thing to consider. But like I said, you'd be at the mercy of me, my interpretation of your piece and my mistakes and and also just whenever I can actually find the time to do it. Um, sometimes it's fun to hear other people play your music. If you haven't had that opportunity, it's kind of fun. Um, and sometimes it's an absolute disaster. I, I remember once I wrote a wind quintet and it was a really cool piece. It took runner up um, very, um, they were wrong. It should have been first place, but uh, they chose a different piece for the winner, but I got runner up. And so I, I it was performed at this uh, concert and the, so I got the, so the runner up, you know, the, the, um, the winner got to have it performed, their piece performed by the faculty wind quintet. I got the student wind quintet and they didn't care. The flautist was excellent. She was awesome. Uh, the rest of the wind quintet, they, they didn't care. They were not interested in playing, you know, so they, they refused to practice. Um, and then, uh, like even like the French horn player, like, you know, I came to a rehearsal and they were, they were attempting to sight read it basically. And, um, I didn't even know where to begin with them, but, uh, the French horn player kept hitting this wrong note and I would tell him it's wrong. And he's like, he's like, I am, I was playing a D flat and I, I finally had to like walk over to a piano and like sit and pound on a D flat. I'm like, this is a D flat. Oh, you know. Anyway, but I've had other times um, that have gone really well. I once uh, I wrote a sonata for violin and harpsichord when uh, when I was in college because uh, UVU acquired this harpsichord, and it was awesome. They they had the so they get this harpsichord and they had like a festival for it, and uh, so they they brought in this woman who was like um, an incredible harpsichordist, and she like. She was like a specialist, and she they she played Brandenburg Number no. Five by Bach, and like, you know, she was like she could read uh, music with figured bass just easily and stuff. And anyway, they also did this um, this concert, and they asked me. Uh, I think my teacher suggested my composition teacher at the time, uh, Doctor Martin Pond, was like this this weird student I have like loves this kind of stuff. Um, you know, you, you should have him uh, feature a piece. So he, they were like, yeah. So he went to me and was like, you know, you should feature, uh, you should get the Sonata performed. So anyway, I, I did. I got this, uh, I went to like, I went to one of the best violinists in the orchestra and um, asked her to do it. And then I like went to like the best pianist at the school and asked him to do it. And they were awesome. And that was like one of the coolest things I've gotten to experience was like getting my sonata performed at this concert um then uh yeah and then of course there was the wind quintet that was like the opposite so you never know but anyway I've I am I am talking the day away here but uh it is fun to hear uh music although I've, I've never written a guitar piece that I've heard performed from somebody else um <laughs> that that, yeah, maybe not as exciting as, like, you know, if you were to write, like, a symphony. But, okay, um, I, I'm i going to wrap it up with that. Uh, I look forward to this Halloween episode, but if you have any pieces you want to send me in the meantime, uh, go ahead and send me that. And until then, 
I wish you all a great uh, end of summer. And until the next episode, I bid you farewell. And I encourage you, as will I, to keep on plucking.